0: The inner child is that place within us that is pure it's true it's honest and I believe when we came into form when we came into this world we came in as that perfect true self everybody mm-hmm. everybody is born that way except we're born into families that are already emotionally challenged unconscious parents and so right. in order to survive we build a wall around us, the wounded inner child. Uh -uh. And that's where our our ego develops. That's where our limiting belief systems develop. That's where the coping skills that we developed in service of survival stay. Uh So the, the, The true self, that beautiful, perfect, true inner child within us, doesn't get to shine, doesn't get to let his or her voice be heard because there's this other protective shield in front of it as it needed to be. Uh-huh. we're acting from that wounded place so we want to help heal that wounded inner child to get inside to that pure bright light you know of the true self yeah. of that pure inner child that resides within every single one of us
1: welcome to a conscious way forward a podcast about healing reimagining leadership and reinventing education if you're a seeker, changemaker, or dreamer, you're in the right place. I'm your host, David K. Richards, and I'm on a mission to help individuals rise in consciousness and usher in a new paradigm of a more equitable and just global society. As an educator, founder and CEO, dadpreneur, coach, and ambassador for change, I share my conscious journey through real, raw, and relatable stories while engaging in conversations with a diverse group of guests. I discuss timeless wisdom teachings and how they've helped me navigate life, leadership, parenting, and heal my traumatic childhood wounds. If you're ready to come home to your soul's purpose, co-create a more equitable world, dream, act, and heal forward together, then please continue to listen. Hello everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I wanted to start by sharing a lot of people in my circle refer to Janet Philbin as Janet the healer. She's a licensed clinical social worker, a hypnotherapist, certified conscious parenting coach through Dr. Shafali, an author, and most importantly, an amazing human being, and she's been really instrumental in my own healing journey. That's why I wanted to have her on the podcast. So in today's episode, she's going to break down the concept of the inner child and how it plays out and how you heal your own inner child through her hypnotherapy. She also shares about what she wrote about in her book, The Spiral of Healing, that she discusses in her book, Show Up for Yourself, A Guide to Inner Awareness and Growth, which I loved and many of my friends really enjoyed reading it also and found it very, very helpful. If you have any energetic or emotional blocks you wanna work through, I highly recommend Janet. She's amazing. Let's dive in. All right, welcome everyone. I wanna start by saying thank you so much to Janet for taking the time to speak with, with us today. Welcome Janet.
0: Hi David, thanks. I'm so happy to be here.
1: I'm so happy to be with you. And I always just ask people to share a little bit about themselves so we can kind of get some context for our conversation.
0: Sure, I mean, in a way that's a loaded question because we are, right? But since you asked, um, so technically, clinically, professionally, I am a licensed clinical social worker. I'm in New York. I'm also a certified hypnotherapist. I'm a certified conscious parenting coach. I went through Dr. Shafali's Conscious Parenting Coaching Method Institute program. And I'm also an author of a book called Show Up For Yourself. In addition, I'm a mom of three kids. And um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about me. <laughs> I kind of go with the flow. I enjoy yes. med- reading, journaling. I love to read. And um, yeah, I love to be a source of support to people.
1: Yes. No, that is a great short introduction. And um, you know, Stacy and I who run the inner song, but we just call you Janet the Healer. That's actually <laughs> what Stacy calls you. <laughs> she always says you should talk to Janet the Healer. <laughs> so Janet the Healer. And as many of my listeners know, I have done a lot of sessions with Janet and it's been life-changing. So we'll leave that into the conversation. But I had an interesting question as you were sharing your um your all the different letters after your name.
2: Yeah. Because
1: I was recently in a um, so I do, I've done, you know obviously like coaching for years in within organizations as like the CEO and the principal, like Mm. coaching your team. And when I was deciding to do coaching outside of an organization, like more like life coaching or leadership Mm. coaching, people told me immediately to do like a coaching certificate. Mm. And I was kind of like, Oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. Why would I need to do a coaching certificate? Mm -hmm. And, um, my wife, Was like, every time she wants to do something different, she immediately wants to go get like a certificate or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, so curious what led you to like, what's your, um, kind of your feeling on getting this certificate versus life experience. Oh, and then the really cool thing happened to me in my coaching session with the CEO yesterday, where she said to me, you're clearly a certified coach with tons of training. So how would you help me with X, Y, and Z? And I was like, yes. I've fooled people with direct experience and now they think that I have the certification. <laughs> but anyway, so how do you how do you feel about all that just like for other people that are listening and kind of going through this navigation of do I get a certificate or do I just go for it?
0: Well, I think that it's personal. I mean, you came into coaching with 20 years of administrative experience right. and well versed and an expert in your field, right? right. right. So, <laughs> I think, and it's not like you're this uneducated man. So, right, right. right there, you know, there's your um, validity, right? Exactly. For who you are? Um, I was already a social worker. Uh, right. for, I've been a social worker. Oh God, it's 2021, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I have technically been a social worker 30 years as of this month, actually. I didn't even realize that till this moment. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's so cool.
0: Yeah. So I was already a, a licensed clinical social worker, became a certified hypnotherapist because for hypnosis, you have mm-hmm. to become certified. You just okay. can't like read a few books and say, okay, I'm going to do hypnotherapy. Right. There actually is a certification program for it and you have to get certified through schools that are legitimate it's actually yeah. a legitimate thing coaching yeah. is also legitimate i'm not saying it's not you Yeah, know, no i know what you're saying yeah. there's the international coaching federation and, and other organizations like that that coaching skills have their certification for i was never ever as a social worker thinking i would become a coach this was right. not on my radar. It wasn't something I thought I needed. I was am already a clinician, right. but I was so drawn, compelled towards and to conscious parenting. Yes, and had read Dr. Shafali's books. So when she opened up her coaching institute three yeah. years ago, it wouldn't have mattered what she called it. you have in program she happens to certify coaches so therefore i a certified (laughs) conscious parenting coach right some people do like to have those certifications if they feel it gives them credibility right they feel more confident in their abilities in the work they're doing and they have a knowledge base to fall back on yeah so i think they're very valid no matter what you put a certificate in And just do your research and really be in attunement Mm -hmm. authentically as to why am I doing this? Yes. You know, what's my why? Don't do it because you're trying to reach like some uh, financial goal at the end. Right. Lovely. It should be in alignment with the truth of what you're seeking from the inside. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: That is that you, you could have actually started with that one sentence <laughs> and yeah, like And then def-
0: would be there till I got to it. So
1: <laughs> exactly. No, but I love it because it's because as I was hearing you speak, it's like, um, yeah, obviously I had a lot of direct experience. It almost reminds me of like getting a college degree or not. You know, some people have, you, you meet them and you're like, Oh, you're an executive of a company. And they're like, and then you're like, where'd you go to college? And they're like, I didn't go to college, you know? And then they kind of have a little bit of an issue around that. And it's like, Oh, I don't care. Like you're doing great in your job, but it's the same idea like you can go through the direct experience in life and get you know the right the, the right kind of like credibility but but all that's just kind of like that's great but what i really heard you say is to really just like follow your authentic truth and yeah. so if you think you're going for the certificate because it's going to get you like oh i'm gonna do a conscious parenting certificate and then i'm gonna have a thriving coaching business and fill the like xyz external outcome. Then none of that's going to come to fruition. But if you're like, "Oh, something within me is moving me to," and I'm drawn and intuitively guided towards Dr. Shafali and the Institute, then you go for it. And
2: then, you, exactly,
1: you maybe never become a coach, but you just know that. Maybe you yeah. never do, but you just know that that's what you're supposed to be doing at that moment,
0: right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Well, I really want to. I really want to get into hypnotherapy because I interviewed you months ago, probably like a year ago for my like practice podcast when I was doing the Facebook group, you probably forgot. (laughs) And at that time I was like, what's this hypnotherapy? And I was asking all these questions. So I think a lot of my listeners will kind of know the basics of hypnotherapy, but I wanted to share it because it was so transformative for me. Um, And it was, I think of it, this is how I tell people about it. So I'm curious how you, how you feel about how I say it. So I said, like, you get everything because you get um, the energy healing. Because you know you go within and figure out where in your body the energy is kind of showing up, you get the kind of subconscious um, reprogramming or kind of like dealing with the belief systems in the subconscious mind, and you also get um, the inner child heal- healing. So it's like a trifecta. <laughs> it's a trifecta, <laughs> and that's like the those are just those are just the things you get from um, you know the session. But then I feel like the little hidden things that come out is like. For me, I, you, you, you—not you, but you're the mirror of you. Like you holding the space and being so good as a practitioner allowed me to actually understand like my intuition better, to tap in better. Because you're in this hypnotic state, which is like a deep meditation. It feels like to me, and you're able to, like, kind of know what it feels like to get to the truth with a capital T. Like you, you're like, oh now I know because you. I'm, I'm sitting there with you for an hour and a half and most of the time, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's not just a 20 minute meditation by yourself. Like, so anyway, is this, is this the good way to explain it? Am I doing justice to the work you're doing?
0: That's the way I work. But, you know, for any of your listeners who just, not just, who want to um, pursue hypnosis and hypnotherapy, not all hypnotherapists are the same. I happen to right. also be trained as a master level energy healer right right right? i also happen to be intuitive i also happen to have a passion for helping people do inner child healing not every person who's a hypnotherapist or hypnotist doesn't not everyone knows how to help someone do inner child healing so and not everyone's intuitive so for your listeners, if they're looking to find a hypnotherapist and have an experience similar to what you had with me, David, yeah. I would encourage them to be interviewing said hypnotherapists and find right. out, like, what do you actually do in this session?
2: Uh-huh.
0: You know, so, for instance, for me, if someone just wants to stop smoking or lose weight,
2: uh-huh.
0: I actually refer them out because I don't right. want to do that. I had right. someone who wanted help with test anxiety. He had to take his CP mm. exam. That's great. And hypnosis will work amazing for that. But you know what? That's right. not my specialty. So right. I'm going to refer him to someone that really can help with that. Right. So I'm not the right person for everyone either. Right. I have a, this unique little niche.
1: Yeah. And is it, so for you, is it, um, do they have Do the people that want to work with you have to do the inner inner child not have to but like the inner child healing is part of it or is that kind of for
0: me it's part of it like someone just might come to me and say janet i know i have a block but i don't Mm -hmm. know what it is but i know that i can't um build my business or i know that i'm having a really hard time connecting with my children um i'm yelling a lot and then that's all we need and do you really want to understand why because they're feeling that mm. uncomfortable in their physical body they already know there's an emotional block a physical block they're always getting migraines or stomach aches or right anything like that you know i had someone who recently wanted to work was a number of months back though she wanted to work with me because she was having such bad digestive issues mm. and she knew it was related to something emotional
2: right
0: and after the first session, it was like all the bloating in her stomach went away. And mm-hmm. like the digest and then by the end of the second session, the digestive issues are gone and they remain gone. Yeah. It was all just a manifestation of right. emotional wounding.
1: Right. You know. Right. So I think I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm so curious to hear how you answer it. <laughs> <laughs> so why is the inner child so important to part of your
2: practice?
0: well you know the inner child is that place within us that is pure it's true it's honest and i believe when we came into form when we came into this world we came in as that perfect true self everybody mm-hmm. everybody is born that way except we're born into families that are already emotionally challenged unconscious parents and so right. in order to survive we build a wall around us, the wounded inner child. Uh -uh. And that's where our our ego develops. That's where our limiting belief systems develop. That's where the coping skills that we developed in service of survival stay. Uh So the, the, The true self, that beautiful, perfect, true inner child within us doesn't get to shine, doesn't get to let his or her voice be heard because there's this other protective shield in front of it as it needed to be. Uh-huh. We're acting from that wounded place. So we want to help heal that wounded inner child to get inside to that pure bright light, you know, of the true self yeah. of that pure inner child that resides within every single one of us.
1: Do some people do some people not have that inner child? I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> everyone it's... has <laughs> everyone, but some people are so dissociated. Right. Some people are so detached yeah. from themselves. Some people are using outside substances to numb pain or other addictive things to not feel like binging on Netflix or right. over-exercising or restrictive dieting that look healthy, but they're really yeah. not either. They're just like this inside out coping skill you know, that looks yeah. good on the outside, but it's just as damaging.
1: Yeah. So then when you were um, as a licensed social worker, I'm assuming you were doing some version of inner child work. Or I guess I guess the question is, like, when did you start kind of getting interested
0: in inner child work as a practitioner? That's a good question. You're making me think. (laughs) Um, You know, I think I was always interested in how we work, you know, and because I went through my own childhood trauma was already. I was already beginning to heal from it through regular traditional therapy mm-hmm. in the early years of my social work practice. I, I was beginning to understand that things went a lot deeper than what I learned in social work school. Mm-hmm. Okay. And through my own healing, my own journey of finding my inner child, of yeah. learning I had an inner child, I didn't learn about inner child in social work school. They don't talk about that stuff. Um, okay. and maybe they do now. I'm sorry, he was in social work or any kind of therapy school now. But when Mm -hmm. I was in social work school, it wasn't talked about in the psychological literature that we read. So something I had to learn on my own. So I learned first about it by healing my own trauma in the beginning of that journey. And then when I learned hypnosis in uh, 2002, part of the training I did was about healing those inner wounds
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know it's okay. more of a clinical hypnosis that i do a clinical right. training so that deepened it more for me to understand mm-hmm. inner child more and it, it just kind of it it just kind of morphed it just became everything i did like early in my career when i started my private practice my main clientele were people struggling with infertility
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and mm. when i was going into the physical body through hypnosis yeah. of what's blocking them from getting pregnant it was always an inner child wound mm. it was always emotional baggage from something from childhood right and that just i just it just became the work i did so no matter what the presenting problem was i know it goes back to something
1: right Right. And as I'm hearing you speak and, you know, through my work with the clients I have now, it's like, it's always traced back to the inner child, which is why. Yeah. So it's so interesting. But um, so one of the things I'm like really working on is, you know, this paradigm shifting and like thinking about how we're in this new world and things are changing. And so I know you were, did did your training in social work a long time ago, but like, are you telling me they don't do any inner child? (laughs) I'm so curious about this because it just seems... It seems to me like it is the root of everything. And yet, like, we don't do it in education school. We don't talk about the fact that as a teacher, you're bringing in all your wounds and all your projections. And, you know, I spent all these years trying to save these kids, but actually I was trying to save me. Like I went into these urban schools with low income kids that were being abandoned and abused. And I was like, Oh, I just need to save myself. And then I can have the capacity to hold space for these kids. But I was trying to save the kids instead of save myself. And so it's like, it just seems like everybody should be talking about this.
0: I, I agree with you. You know, I don't know what's taught exactly in, in schools now. Right. But what I can tell you, you know, as a social worker, I'm still involved um, in weekly case consultation groups or oh, okay. in supervision. So you know, regularly, every other week, I meet with a group of other clinicians to discuss and share cases. And a lot of them are, are new clinicians. Some, right. I, I technically don't have to do these kind of things anymore, but I do them because learning to me is my addiction. I always have to learn. I always wanna grow, yes. yes. But in my role in this group, I'm not their technical supervisor, but I'm more in a supervisory position and okay. I teach them a lot about inner child mm. and these new clinicians, they are hearing it for the first time or they've heard it, but they don't know what it is. They've heard it. They don't know how to apply these concepts in practice, how do you right. explain it to a client? So... <clears throat> Based on the new therapists, I've had the pleasure to work with, learn alongside with, and teach over the last, it's been about 10 years now that I've been yeah. involved in this particular group. Yeah, I would say they're not yeah. really, if they're touching it in counseling schools, whether it's social really, support, yeah. counseling, licensed right. mental health professionals, marriage and family therapists, they're touching it and they're not really teaching it. But, right. some, but, and I don't want to be unfair to the schools or anyone who's yeah, yeah, yeah. now, because some of these things just can't be learned until you're in clinical practice. Right, right. Because Good point. you need the, you need the baseline first, which is why when you get out of any of these training programs, you actually can't get your license to practice independently for like six years on average, depending right. on where you live and what degree it is. And that's yeah. so you can get this kind of practice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So here's, here's, this is what's making me curious now is if, um, if you're doing it through hypnotherapy, right. Which to me is like, this is my logical brain speaking, but I'm like, it's so efficient (laughs) and it's so effective. Like we met for, you know, a year, eight or 10 times, I don't know, for about a year and it was like, wow, so much healing in that year. I mean, it was during COVID. So there was a lot going on and I was healing and I was basically on a silent retreat for a year, you know, like within COVID. And so it was so beautiful to work with you through that time. But if you're trying to help people through inner child work in a more, um, a less direct way, we could say, (laughs) like you're doing maybe like, even even not traditional therapy, but you're doing like coaching and you're talking Mm -hmm. about the inner child, like, um, you know, is it, what what am I trying to get at here like yeah there's just seems like there's different ways to get to the inner child and you know
0: it does all the different ways to... yeah it doesn't have to be done through hypnosis actually the coaches that are trained through shafali's program are actually trained to do inner child work and they're not right. doing it through right. hypnosis they're doing it through pattern deconstruction and right. they're doing it right. tracing it back and they're doing it through conscious conversation just like you and right. I are are doing it, which yeah. can can be and is just as effective. The way I work, I just think takes it a little deeper because yeah. we're not working with the conscious mind, we're working with the subconscious mind and yeah. we're working with pulling it out of the cellular memory and healing at a cellular level. Right. So right. we can reach conscious awareness and connect the dots And if the client's willing to continue doing their work, journaling, meditating, all that stuff, then you don't need me. Right. You know, right. There there are many different ways.
1: Well, and it feels like if we're living in abundance, you should just get all the help you can get. Because let's be honest, like we can work with you, you can work with we sometimes joke with the inner song and we're like, yeah, Janet's the surgeon and then we're the physical therapist. (laughs) (laughs) She's gonna go in and help you shift it. And then we're going to help you like, just go through daily life, you know, <laughs> as you're in this new, in this new version of yourself and this, you know, more healed version of yourself. But yeah, it's, it's as many people as we can work with. And, you know, I did, I'm interviewing Susie Lula next and wow. like, I did a lot of her inner child, yes. just online courses. I didn't even do one-to-one coaching with her. I just did her on, not just, but like I did her online courses yeah. and um, speaking of inner child. So there was a retreat center um, about an hour away from us here in california and it burned down in september unfortunately um with the wildfires um let's see yeah, yeah like a, a little less than a year ago but um but the the folks who started it actually were running um, silent retreat centers in azizi italy and bruce davis is the the one of the is the, is the founder and he actually told me because you don't talk the whole time and you do meditation twice a day but at the very end, he'll say something to you. So at the very end, he was like, it's so great to have a man here. That was the first thing he said. And then he said, did you know that I wrote the first inner child book when I was 25 years old? And I said, no, who are you? <laughs> and then he's like, it's in the, it's in the bookshelf in the, in the room. And I was like, oh, so then I went back and I read it. And the next time I went there, but he um, was like, so tapped in and just basically followed his guidance and just wrote this whole book as a PhD student. And wow. I guess it was like the first book on the inner child in the That's psychology awesome. world. Yeah, i totally <laughs> give
0: you the name of that when we're done. But yeah, but Susie is a perfect example. Susie yep. is amazing. And she does amazing inner child work, but she doesn't do hypnosis, but she right. still brings people there. And yep. she has her way, which is phenomenal and transformative. And, and she's helped me over the years through yes. her. I've taken some of her classes and yep. it deepened my healing. So absolutely. There's, there's not just one way to heal.
1: Right,
0: The way heal has to work for you.
1: Right. Exactly. So if you're listening now and you're kind of like, well, the first step I'm going to guess is that, so some of the listeners are going to be like, I've done the inner child stuff. I'm still working on it. And like, I want to work with everyone, but maybe for some people that are a little bit newer, um, you know, I feel like the first step is you have to believe that there's an inner child to be healed.
0: Yeah. I mean, you Mm -hmm. have to be in enough pain unfortunately, mm-hmm. emotional pain and discomfort to be like, okay, yeah. something has to give because I got yeah. nothing left.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then once you're there, then there's a lot of out, not as many as we would
0: like, but there are a lot of outlets
1: for you. Not oh, as yeah. many as outlets. Yeah. Yeah. For
2: yeah. Sure. yeah.
1: And I can speak from experience that um, when I did do that retreat, I actually, so I took Susie's course. This was like three years ago. Mm. Um, and I, was like, wow, this is the root of everything. Like, I just knew that, you know, I really felt it. And then I went on the silent retreat and I literally just cried for like the whole day. Wow. I, I did her class on Thursday and went to the silent retreat on like Saturday. And I was just like, I think it was the second day. Right. Cause you have to kind of let yourself down a little bit, you know, from the hustle and bustle. But once I kind of just sat in silence for a day, it was like, I think I did like a YouTube inner child uh, meditation. Mm you know and i did that for 45 minutes and then i just sat there and cried all day and i was like i hadn't cried you know this i hadn't cried since i was like 12 years old and so it was i was like this is really the root of everything and now when i look around i'm like oh that's what's happening here that's their projection that i like, and i can intuitively now like pick up on
2: it as you know mm-hmm. like,
1: pretty quickly when i meet somebody not like oh i know exactly what their inner child issues are but i can right. sense something like You know, for example, when I do my um, coaching questionnaires and it's like when I'm reading the paper, Mm. they'll write something and I'll be like, oh, that was an incident from when they were seven. It just like hits me intuitively.
2: You just know. Um,
1: Yeah, I just know. And so it just feels like it's really um, the next
0: frontier Mm. for healing. I would hope so. I would hope so. People don't understand it. I think it's getting a little more you know, in some of the online periodicals and, and things yeah. like that, but, um, it's a hard concept for people to wrap their head around because right. it's not tangible. It's not real. Right. It's metaphorical. the inner child, right? But within right. you, boy, does it feel real and boy, is it powerful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So I'm looking at your book. Okay. <laughs> I'm seeing show up for yourself. And I told you, I was like, I really want to hear about this. And I know it's been really successful and I've heard great things. I bought it and I have it in my um, bookshelf and I love it. And everyone I talk to is like, this is not a sales pitch for you. You know that, (laughs) but no, it's just the honest truth. Like I think it's a great book. And a lot of people um, like friends I have that really are not kind of on this path, I'll hand it to them and they'll be like, wow, that was one of the best books I read. And you know, yeah, there's a few people I've handed it to and they they're not kind of in this world of healing and consciousness. And they really, really like it. So I just love to hear a little bit about the book, the process, anything you want to share?
0: That's a whole book, but uh, (laughs) it's, you know, for me, I think writing the book was partly cathartic, Mm -hmm. you know, for my own healing, because I do talk about, you know, my own trajectory from where I began at age 22 to now in my life. And I think that is an important piece. And I, and I put in there wisdom I've gleaned from some of my favorite teachers like Dr. Shafali and Brene Brown and Eckhart Tolle and others like that, along with the old, my own wisdom I've gained from 30 yeah. years of being in practice and working with people from working with AIDS patients and infertility patients to the clients I have now and parents And a lot of the book was really channeled information. A lot Mm. of the book is information I got in meditation and Uh things I had journaled over many years until I finally, five years ago, had this download about the spiral of healing. And that's Mm. when I knew it would have to be a book. When I was on a retreat, and I was meeting, oh, wow. and the whole thing, chapter ten, essentially chapter ten, just came through me, and I didn't know what any of it meant. I didn't mm-hmm. know what it would become, but I knew in that weekend it would be a book. But it took wow. me five years to get it to a book from that okay. point because I didn't know what it was so enormous.
2: Mm-hmm. Me, right.
0: And mind-blowing, I didn't, it takes a while to wrap your brain around stuff like that. And still, even though I wrote it all down, I still feel like there's so much more I could write about it and explore it. And I've actually, since I developed the spiral of healing in in the last year, since the book's been out, I've now been incorporating the elements of the spiral of healing Mm. into the end of the hypnotherapy sessions I do with people to incorporate those elements of feel, heal, love, and grow. And how's that really going to be for you in your life? And and what's going to show up as a result of it? And what's going to shift? What's going to change? How will you grow? So the book is not a how-to book. There are journal prompts along the way. I encourage people to use the book as a journal, write in the margins, do the journal exercises. If you get the ebook, do it in a notebook dedicated for it. But really let yourself process as you read. Mm. Don't make this a book you can't write in. Like write in it.
1: Right.
0: Use it. It's a tool for you to use. So it's not a and it's not a how-to book. You have to do this step and that step and the other step. I don't actually believe in self-help books like that. I Mm -hmm. actually have never really read a self-help book. So (laughs) I like I really haven't. I really. To me this is a a a growth book you know it's about our own growth our own potential our own becoming so it's really a why now book why now are you ready to heal Mm -hmm. are you open to healing and are you ready to heal and if the answer to those two questions are yes then this is the right book for you yeah it's not the right book for everyone and that's Mm -hmm. okay because some of the stuff in the book is Going to be painful and i actually have a disclaimer about that in the beginning this isn't always going to be fun
1: right but right. it will
0: be worthwhile
1: right okay tell, tell us about feel heal love and grow I right. so
0: <laughs> feel heal love and grow are the four components of the spiral of healing mm-hmm. though they're written and it looks like they're in order mm-hmm. spend your belief in the form-based world because they're <laughs> not in order they actually right. All First I
1: feel, then I heal, then I love, then I grow. Is that right? right? Four-step process.
0: Yeah, don't. And if yeah. I do this. <laughs> then we're good. doesn't happen the way they all happen simultaneously. Right. But um, I've defined each of these components. So to feel is really about understanding there are experiences that are happening inside the physical body and what are those sensations. And when you let yourself experience the feeling that's going on inside of you, you Mm -hmm. can shift, you can change in your physical body and in your energetic body, and you can shift and change in the energy you bring into the world because we're now paying attention to what the feel was. Uh-huh. What was the butterflies uh-huh. in my stomach? What was the tension right. in my head, right? And so when we let ourselves feel that way, then we can move into healing. And uh-huh. how is that part of your body, how is that emotional place within you going to do better? Uh-huh. Right? So there's growth that comes from that that healing, that freeing up of the space inside that used to hold on to whatever it felt because now we've shifted it. Mm -hmm. And then we get to grow and the growth Mm -hmm. is just a process of breaking free, which I love because, wow, what can happen and what can transform when we can break free? Why are we able to break free? Because we've allowed ourselves to heal and we've allowed ourselves to feel. And when we've done that, we can move Mm -hmm. into love which is not romantic love. It's self-love. So then with all these components in place, what can you do? How will you be more loving of yourself? What kind of Uh self-care can you show? What kind of compassion and forgiveness can you have for yourself as a result of it? So the spiral is an inside thing.
2: Uh
0: It happens on the inside and it's a journey we travel up And every time we do a healing, every time we go back and look at a different aspect of our inner child, we're healing at another level. So even if it's something that we've looked at before or something similar, because we've looked at it before and we've healed a piece of it, it doesn't have to hurt as much, right? And you experience that, right? Like, we need to look at the aspect of this again, maybe not Mm -hmm. the full thing, but let me just look at that piece,
2: right? right? But
0: not nearly as gut-wrenching maybe, as it was the first time, because now we're stronger. We have more resources Um, inside. we're developing more coping skills. So that's really what it's about. Mm.
1: That's so beautiful. And as you were saying it, I'm like, yeah, that's basically what I went through.
0: It basically is.
1: In the last year, not basically, it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it was was, um, really understanding how to feel again. Right. Because I think especially for men, and I'm curious if you work with that many men, but I'll ask that in a second. <laughs> I'm so curious. But it's just being able to feel again because for you know, there's a, a documentary I love called The Mask We Live In. And sure. it's uh it's about from like four or five years ago, and it oh. talks about boys and how by first grade they already have been taught not to cry on the playground. Yeah. And I watched it a while back with my son, and he was in second grade, and I said, did you? I said, Do you still cry on the playground? He goes, No way, Dad. And he was like seven, and I was like, Oh, okay. When do you think was the last time you cried on the playground? He's like, mm, Probably like the end of kindergarten, like <laughs> anywhere out right of way. And so, it's like going back to be able to actually feel the emotions, right? Feel all the feelings and like feel the sensations and not block them and avoid them and resist them, which is what we're really good at doing in general as humans, but especially men. Oh yeah. uh, And then especially the older generations, you know, as Mm -hmm. you go down the generations a little bit Mm -hmm. more acceptable, but like um, it's that. And then the, and then the healing piece is so just, yeah, the whole process and the self-love. And um, I love when Susie talks about like, you're basically abusing yourself by the language you're using in some of her courses, you know, when you kind of like get angry at the inner child, the picture of the inner child that always stuck with me for activity where you like get mad at the inner child. And it's like, that's how you talk to yourself when you're berating yourself for, I forgot to fill out a form for the school. And I created a story that was going to cost us $50,000 mm. because it's like a tax exemption form. Oh. And I, I was like a month late and I assumed that I didn't assume I went into inner child <laughs> wounding and I immediately created a story and it was sticky. And it was like this whole, you know, drama that we were going to lose $50,000. Well, two weeks later, it was like, it's a $200 fee. Or something. <laughs> Right. Isn't that hilarious? Story, <laughs> but that that for you know because I've done so much work with you and on myself, like it was like a three hour, three hours of suffering. But I think it would have been Worse. three months of suffering in the past. But it was um, really understanding. So then I, I started watching how I was speaking to myself.
2: Mm. Like
1: how could you make a mistake? Like you can't make one mistake. How could you miss that form? How could you? And it was just like it was so abusive. And so I regularly remind people like you're abusing yourself right now. And it's like, so kind of extreme, but it kind of sticks, doesn't it?
0: It does because we're used to it. Yeah. And we stick with, you know, right. And we're so used to hearing that until we change the Mm self-talk. Right. And that that's about finding kindness for yourself, but the words we use have energy right so then we hear them in our head we say them out loud and we hear them again Mm -hmm. so it's and then we're putting the energy of those harsh words about ourselves out into the Mm -hmm. environment out into the energy field Mm -hmm. but what happens when we switch that and we change the the paradigm right and we put loving words out I'm doing really good. Wow, that was a good effort. I, I put an hour's worth of work. I corrected that problem. Good job. Pat yes. yourself on the back. You know, yeah. yeah, you took a breath today. You meditated for five minutes, you know, yeah. whatever.
1: Yeah. And what right. I found during that experience was that like the human self really does need support. And because I was so enmeshed in that story and in that wound and something about making the mistake and you know, whatever the whole wound was the original wound, but, and, and it was like in our inner Sangha group, like I reached out to them. I was like, Hey, the teacher is reaching out to you. Like I need support here because, um, I know I'm in like a real, like we call it the shit pile. Like I know I'm in a shit pile and I really just need some perspective. I need to get in the bird's eye view. And it was like, just getting a few messages back from them. And then I was able to like, kind of shift the lens and be like, Oh wait, you're allowed to make one mistake.
2: Mm-hmm. Like you're
1: allowed to not, it's a one page form you're allowed to forget out to forget to fill out a one page form and i just kind of stopped i changed the way i was speaking to myself and changed the energy and then all the work i've done with you the energy doesn't stick
0: right like- exactly and that's why it did stick before right mm-hmm. so because mm-hmm. it had that wound that whole h-o-l-e mm-hmm. inside but when you right. Heal, we become whole, W-H-O-L-E. So yeah. then something yucky happened and it tries to stick and you're aware of it. And yes, we yeah. have to sit with it. So you had to sit with that for three hours until yeah. you move through it. But the reason why you move through it so easily because really inside there was no place for it to glom onto so yeah. that we can peel it off easier and we can move through it. Now, sometimes it might take longer. I went through something with a friend who told me something upsetting Um, a number of weeks ago, and it really stuck with me. And it took me about three weeks to move through it. Yes, not affecting every moment of every day of my life, but it would come back and it would come back.
2: Right. And
0: you know, now I'm just reaching the other side of moving through it, and I just had to let Mm -hmm. all those big feelings come. Yes. Yes. And that's what we have to do. We just and that's that's part of being kind to ourselves. Like I'm to acknowledge. This sucks right now. Wow. That was something really hard to hear. I need to move through it.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, what's happening right now, Janet is, so one session we had um, I had hurt my shoulder, like just mm. lifting weights. Remember that <laughs> it was like the second or third one. It was pretty early on. And um, by the end it was like totally gone. And I was like, Oh, that's a nice extra benefit. <laughs> but right now my Bell's palsy eye. So this eye for the listeners, my right eye, okay. um, I got Bell's palsy three years ago. Okay. When I was having like the real wake up It was like my mm-hmm. body shut down and my face got paralyzed and I had the inner ear. It's like, it feels like somebody stabbing you in the ear. It sounds like an earache. Like I, I thought it was an earache at first. And then they said it was um, TMJ. And then, um, and then there, and you know, your eye gets swollen open. Yeah. So like it's all paralysis and it kind of twitches every once in a while. But as we were talking, it was starting to like, I could feel it was like softening and loosening.
2: Loosening.
1: It's <laughs> so cool. I'm
0: releasing Just,
1: what are you going to say?
0: What is he I said you're releasing even more, right? Just by giving voice more. to it. Mm-hmm. Just by giving voice. Just by, I mean, just this whole conversation acknowledges the inner child. You're mm-hmm. acknowledging yourself so deeply through this conversation because yes. you're sharing a lot about yourself. Ah, I don't yes. have to hold that anymore. I can yeah. see more clearly. I can let myself yes. be present, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting because when I put on Facebook that I was talking to you and Susie, people were like, Oh, that's gonna be healing. <laughs> and I had never thought about it that way. I was like, Well, I'm trying to help others heal. I didn't even think about that it would be healing yeah. to kind of revisit my process. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely loosening up and really on um, the eye and it's the twitch. It's like I can feel because the other thing that helped me working with you, and it's another thing with men is not being in your body, mm. you know, being disconnected from your body as men and like really doing the sessions with you helped me really be able to feel where it is in my body, because I don't know if you do this with everyone, but like where you, with me, you were like, where is it in your body? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I really, I kind of recognize now the sensation, like right away and I familiar with it. So immediately I felt the, the twitch and like in the past I'd be sitting with folks, um, you know, in a coaching session or whatever, like they would be like with my coach and she would say, oh, I noticed your eyes twitching. I'd be like, oh, really? Like, I didn't even Noticed that, but now I actually am really in tune with the sensations.
0: Yeah, and then that happens when we've gone through trauma, whatever our trauma is, we dissociate, we leave yeah. the body. So right we cut off. And so right. now you come back in. I get everyone back in touch with their body. We all men and women, but men better are better at it, walk around cut off, like the, right. the cut right. off from the neck down. The head and the body don't talk, the mind and the right. heart talk. Right. So that's the longest journey to go from the mind into the heart. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So do you work with that many men or like what, what, um,
0: I always have, a number of, I always have a number of men who are clients, okay. but I I'd probably say about 20, it's about 80, 20 split, you know, Okay. but there's, there's always a couple of men and the, the men that come, I love it because wow, when a man is ready, Women yeah. are always ready to dig into their emotions. But when men are ready to dig into the emotions, when men are ready to look at the things that are painful, shameful, right. guilty, wow, transformation can just explode.
1: Yeah. Well, and I have a men's group. So if anyone from the men's group is listening, this is definitely, I've heard, I heard Eckhart totally talk about this, where he said that women, because they're already in their body a lot, of, yeah. I'm totally generalizing. But a lot of times, women are already in their body, like more in tune with their body and more in tune with their emotions. Mm-hmm. That one, um, you know, that it just actually takes longer when they go through kind of the spiritual journey or the awakening process because they're already kind of like been doing this. And whereas, like, if men start it, it's like they've been disembodied, they been away from their emotions. So then they come in and it's like more rapid. It's almost yeah. like, and so it's interesting to hear you say that too. Um, but yeah, I would say for the men, um, you know, a lot of the work we did janet towards the end especially was like healing some of the intergenerational stuff with the war of my grand, both my grandfathers in england being in both world wars and um this is a beautiful thing about the work we did too Is like literally within i don't even know how many hours but a day or two or less something within my son shifted really yeah he's 10 i can't remember i'm glad i'm telling you this now but my wife noticed she was like (laughs) you realize that he's playing the piano he never wanted like my my mother-in-law's been teaching him the piano for years and it's always kind of like i have to or she bribes him basically because she's a piano teacher and he started just playing the piano on his own and then my wife pointed out about seven different things that happened and it's like yeah we know this we know this from when you heal within then especially your children start to they start to heal too
0: and we cut a lot of chords right Mm -hmm. we cut all those chords so it just clears your energy and therefore frees up your son. Mm-hmm. He, he it's not tangible to him. He doesn't know. He's now no. able to access his true self, that inner mm-hmm. child within him, and just yes. being freedom and the flow of it. And you have to be in flow to play piano, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. You play exactly.
0: Piano. Like, <laughs> it won't really work that well.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That that's beautiful. No, you didn't tell me that. That's awesome. Mm should have told you, I'm sorry. I love <laughs> it now and I'm through. I love it.
1: Well, this has been what I knew would be a great conversation.
0: And uh, I
2: don't
1: know if there's anything else you'd like to share with the, with the listeners or anything
0: that we I'm missed. I, mean, I feel like we've, we've covered it all. Just like give yourself permission to heal. Give yourself permission to go there because anything you're afraid of touching, guess what? You've already lived through it.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. so why not heal from it yeah so it doesn't continue to do damage
1: yeah and it feels like we're going through a real healing period over the next few years with just everything that's going on and i hope so i hope so so anyone who's listening well it's scary though janet it's scary right because i will say that we've referred pretty much every inner song that we now have two cohorts and at some point (laughs) when stacy and i are doing the two-to-one sessions we're like Where's Janet the healer going to come in? You know, and we usually just say like, we don't ever push, right. We just say like, Hey, you might be ready to go see our friend Janet. And, um, you know, they're there that's hard. Some, some of them have done it. And some of them haven't. And I think it's and really course,
2: scary.
0: Path, you know, I'm easy to find. All you have to do is put my name in Google and you'll find my website. So, yeah. um, People find me when they're ready.
2: So when they're
0: even, ready. even when someone makes an introduction and you've done this, which is yeah. great, I appreciate it. And you send yeah. a email between me and another person or yeah. a message, I don't ever reach out to the person first. Yeah. So you need let people know that. Because no, it's, good to know, yeah. it's it has to come from them. Yes. I'm not gonna push it on someone. I've had people who say, Oh yeah, I got your number six months ago, a year ago. <laughs> now they're ready. Yes.
1: And That's that, what happened with me. It was like two years.
0: Yeah. yeah. You can't do it till we're ready. Yeah. People. So some, yeah. So
1: if someone's really scared, they're mm-hmm. listening and they're like, they have a knowing that they're ready to do some healing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, what what would you recommend? Like just follow, follow your intuition. Yeah, my
0: book. Get, honestly, get my book. And I'm not saying that to sell books. Honestly. No, I know. But I say get my book because if someone's considering working with me and you really want to understand what the heck I'm doing and what you might experience, yeah. Mind yeah. to spell it out. Right. And then what happens, what I find, what a benefit was that I didn't expect in writing this book is that my clients who I had already had. And the new ones would be, we work through the book. Like they're reading the chapter. Janet, this is a trigger for me. That got me really upset. This made me remember whatever it was. And then we can go deeper with it. Yeah. So honestly, if people are afraid and they're like, oh, I don't know, this sounds a little out there, and it is, um, read the book, Yeah. you know, and decide for yourself. I don't want anyone working with me that's not ready. And I won't yeah. if, if I do a consultation with someone and I feel they're not ready, I actually tell them I, I'm not, I'm not gonna start working with you yet. Not because yeah. I don't want to, but because I don't I don't think you're ready yet. I think you need to do ABC first, yeah. you know, whatever it might yeah.
1: be. Yeah. Okay. That's great advice. And yeah, I did it took me a couple of years to have the strength to reach out to you. And but it, but it did come from a place of deep knowing. And it was actually, I think this is important to share since I asked you the question, what do you do And you're scared? And I'm like, oh, well, I can tell them what I did. <laughs> so I started to feel this kind of intuitive knowing that there was some healing to do. Like I said, I did that silent retreat. I started, it was like, oh, there's really some stuff I've been like kind of blocking and haven't really faced. And it just, just kind of came as this like intuitive um, feeling. And you had mess messaged on one of the Shafali groups, like, Hey, I do any you know, inner child stuff you know, if you ever want to talk. So it was just kind of in the back of my brain. And then um, going through the, you know, a couple of years doing different classes and different things. And then it was just kind of like, it just kind of came in as like, now's the time and now's the moment. Like you're ready to go to that level of depth and you're not really wanting to kind of play around anymore. I mean, that sounds like, not like all the other stuff I wasn't, I was doing, wasn't playing around, but intuition, you know, was saying, go deep.
0: Right. Because we get to that point, which is why I love the Anise. Nin quote, um, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was greater than the risk it took to blossom because we've stayed tight to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. from everything outside. But eventually staying all tight like this hurts more than taking the chance to let go and bloom. And that's when you know it's time.
1: That's where we're gonna end. (laughs) I think that's a great way to end that is a great way to end. All right. Thank you so much, Janet. And we will talk
2: soon. Perfect.
1: I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As you go through your day, take some time to reflect on how your old wounds may be both protecting you from new injury and preventing you from future growth. Please, Subscribe to Rate and Review, A Conscious Way Forward, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks, everyone.